0: This is the Enneagram 8 podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We're really grateful for this community that has stuck with us through this intense 8 journey. It's meant a lot. If you'd like to support us by donating to our podcast, at the end of every episode's show notes, there's a link. If you click that, it'll take you right to our donation page. So please consider doing that. And thanks again. Jules is our third 847, another one of us messenger tri-types. She has not walked an easy road. She described the life that she's had for the past few decades. She said it's like there's been a huge boulder sitting up on her shoulders, and she's just had to drag it around. And I shudder to think about that. The driving force inside us and the restless sunshine forward energy of seven. It's hard to think about. She would describe the life that she's led for the past few decades as feeling like she was dragging a heavy rock around, up on her shoulders, just dragging and dragging, always. But that's what's remarkable. She did it. She did keep walking with that thing on her back, one step at a time. It never stopped her from putting one foot in front of the other. She kept walking. And now she's found herself free of that rock, free of that weight. And that powerful, brilliantly vibrant, creative, restless, adventurous woman has recently come into her own. The heavy rock is gone and she's off running. Full color, full speed. And we're cheering her on. Just launch in. Tell me about you. I want to hear more about this baby at 16 and the whole journey. Like Whatever you're willing to share, I'm in.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was 15 when I was pregnant. And then I had my first baby uh, two weeks after my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. That was intense. And my parents were very much like you had a baby, you're gonna take care of it. So yeah. I had a full time job. By the time I was 17, I moved out not long after to care of my own child, you know, it's a whole nine yards. So I've mm-hmm. been on my own. Doing all the things since 17. And then I met my now ex. I mean, we had 10 kids together. And a lot of that had to do with like uber conservative religiosity. But, um, you know, I mm-hmm. threw myself into it as eights do. Like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And then some. And so, yeah, I homeschooled all of them until this past year when after the divorce, I just couldn't handle it. I'm like, I can't work a full-time job and take care of all these kids and homeschool them. Yeah, I'm like my Wonder Woman status totally ran out a little bit. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. off
1: to school they went. And yeah, I mean, that's just been my life. I just feel like I have always been taking care of people and taking care of myself. My mom was in the car accident when I was seven. And so I like took over the household stuff, and yeah, I mean, I just feel like I don't know, you know how there's the the argument of were you born your number or mm-hmm. did like your life create it? Which came first, yeah. the chicken or the egg? But yeah, honestly, yeah. I am. A, I just feel like we were born that way because I do too.
0: Yeah,
1: any other person who was born into like what I was, they, they would have killed them and me being yeah. an ape, like. That's how I survived all the things of my life. I'm in therapy now, but you know.
0: I want to hear about how eightness collides with a man that had a part in imposing things on you. How did that work? Because, you know, we like to think of ourselves as above that. Like we couldn't be coerced into doing something we weren't fully behind How did that play out? Were you convinced as well?
1: Oh, it was so hard because I grew up in a very abusive relationship with my family. Like my dad beat my mother always. My mom was in, she was the little mousy woman who I, Mm -hmm. my whole life, she was a two. My dad was an eight. And I always told myself, there is no way in hell I will ever allow a man to treat me this Mm -hmm. way. I mean, even my ex-husband on our first date, this is talk about like eight things in your life. But I basically told him, listen, if you ever lay a hand on me, I will murder you. Like you will die. Like I will never put up with that and Mm -hmm. you will never do that. But my ex was more very passive. So he would be a nine with Mm -hmm. an eight eight wing. Mm -hmm. Like I just threw myself into life and doing the things and convincing myself that this is what I wanted. Because, you know, when you are in a religious upbringing, divorce really isn't an option. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it's a very like. Stigmatized. Yes. So I just, you know, did the things and. Tried to be as holy as I could and, you know, did the whole head coverings, long skirts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, homeschooled my kids, very ultra-religious, didn't have a TV for years. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, my ex was just happy to let me do all the things. So he was just very passive in that way and happy to go along for the ride. And one day I read Natalie Ann Hoffman's book, Is It Me?, She actually comes out of the same, like, very ultra-conservative religious background and realized one day she woke up like, I am in a cult, basically. So she wrote a book called, Is It Me?, and it's about covert abuse how you don't have to be beaten physically coerced into being manipulated and abused that it can come in stonewalling and gaslighting i know and yeah, yeah dragging your feet and mm-hmm. that killed me more than anything like when i read that book i broke down like how in the world does somebody like me mm-hmm. the toughest most independent everybody in my life is like there's no way you would mess with julie because sure. she is the epitome of like strength. And there's no way and to be like, Oh, my God, how did this happen to me Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. more painful than realizing like I've wasted 23 years of my life.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You had to be convinced yourself. Right. So somewhere along the way, you said, I will commit.
1: (laughs) Yes, totally. And I leaned very much. So growing up, um, I know that um, Chris Hewart's and Ian Morgan Cron talks about how like in your younger years, Your wing tends to be one way. And then as you get older, you lean more into your other wing. And I just thought, oh, you know, when I was younger, I was more of like had my seven wing. And now I'm more leaning into my nine wing. But the abuse made me lean into that more passive, peaceful, let's just kumbaya. Because I just need things to go smoothly because I can't handle the constant chaos of my life. Without Mm -hmm. it. So I convinced myself that I could be Michelle Duggar and I could (laughs) be passive and I could be the submissive wife and, you know, do all of those things like in a very eight way, like being in control and doing all the things amazingly. But, you know, and that was just not me. And Mm -hmm. honestly, the divorce two years ago just burst me wide open of Mm -hmm. no, this is not me. Oh my gosh, I allowed this to like turn me into somebody that I wasn't. And did you initiate it? The divorce? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so I am a full time single mom to my kids. uh, So he doesn't see them hardly at Mm -hmm. all. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely initiated it
0: what is life like for you now? Like, how have you come into your eightness in a way that's very different now that you're kind of on your own?
1: The Enneagram has helped me immensely. Like I started studying it probably five years ago. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was a one for an entire year because two parts, hell no, who wants to be an eight and a woman? Because mm-hmm. that is so hard, and it is not acceptable. Yeah. And it just sounded so awful. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no. And then a, li- a lot of my growing up, being a one, having those tendencies were more acceptable. And then the second part was, I didn't understand, you know, like social, sexual, you know, self pres versions of everything. And when I read about the social eights, which is the counter type for mm-hmm. eight. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. This makes so much sense because I am a people person and I love people and I will, if at all possible, like I do want to sing Kumbaya and be like, everybody's happy. And Mm -hmm. I pay attention to, you know, the feelings in the room. And of course, combine that with my seven, like I need people Mm -hmm. um, so much, it finally clicked like, oh, okay. So I look different than the typical eight. I mean, even now just being like laid up in bed for at least two weeks and it feels like it's going to be longer. I'm like depressed because first Mm -hmm. being on so many drugs that I can't like rub two brain cells together to produce (laughs) anything of worth. And just like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't do anything. And then like being trapped away from people because people are busy. And I just want you to like, I don't care if I'm like in a drug state, sit by my side and just be with me because I am yeah. so
0: social. Friends who've been with you through all this.
1: I've always been good about surrounding myself with the people that I want in my life and who are supportive and mm. loving of me. So I didn't really have, but maybe one couple that fell away um, through my divorce. Now I get, let me take that back too mm-hmm. that, that fell away. Everybody else so I'm an influencer It's influenced influence people. I'm a trailblazer. And so I'm, I was always doing Bible studies on like, the way we look at women is wrong. And like, there's yeah. so much misogyny and that God didn't put in the Bible that man read into that, you know, I was always teaching things. So I really have a good group of people who love me. Right now, I would consider myself deconstructing my face. I was going to ask. In so yeah, many I was ways. Ask.
0: Mm-hmm
1: bare bones like I'm down to the foundation like I love Jesus and there's mm-hmm. like a few pillars still there but I'm sitting here which is very painful for an age yeah. I think oh, yeah like oh, waiting yeah. for God to like build on yeah. that because normally yes. like I'm building like here's my hammer and nails and I'm getting materials and I'm going to build on it and honestly that's how I ended up in the other direction. So I'm sitting here, like, twiddling my thumbs, being like, at any time, God, you can start building. But yeah. I am so at the point where I just want, I want to know God. Mm-hmm. And I want him to teach me only. And, and not humans. I, not
0: humans yes. with all their extra garbage, yes. Yeah
1: yep and I'll wait and I'll wait and if that looks ugly or uncomfortable or like I've lost my faith or whatever to other people they'll just have to deal with it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I'll encourage you this has been two years of God tangibly showing up actually like showing up in the room with me and invading me in a way that's been I didn't know it was possible like I was (sighs) raised that wasn't a thing I've mentioned before that I'm having visions like the whole thing and so I'm just kind of walking around kind of in a daze going okay so that just happened
1: <laughs> yes
0: exactly <laughs> and with all the wonder and just like okay all right so that is the thing um
1: <laughs> I love so it's that been pretty
0: it's been pretty incredible and I've been very childlike which is good for us as you know and I'm, I'm humble about it because I know nothing and it's Oh, love he's a dad i'm his little girl with all the hurt and all the fake and all the control yeah you need to be held and loved in a way that's tangible so because so yeah.
1: i'm over here sitting with my arms crossed like all right god i know you're big yeah and i can sit it. here with my arms crossed <laughs> and that doesn't mean anything to you because you can still do <laughs> the things because you're god
0: he can do that and he will just keep asking <laughs>
1: So I mean, the other things I've done is like throw myself fully into midwifery. I've been a midwife yeah. for eight years, but I was kind of doing it like on the side, just a little bit here and there, like 10 births a year just to supplement my income because my ex was like terrible with money. And now I get to like do two to three births a month. And because I'm an eight, I have really great boundaries. I take two to three months off a year or two. Mm-hmm. Spend time with my family and do me and adventure off. Like, I discovered like, my seven wing. I had to ha- like hide it. I'm not who I bet you're a fun mom, though. I did all the things. Like, all my kids were in all the activities and we, mm-hmm. you know, checked out of the boxes. But because I had to carry the weight of the entire parenthood and my marriage, yeah. mm-hmm. it was more about like, getting the stuff done you yeah, know and doing the it table, the yeah. right way <laughs> yeah you know yes and grinding the wheat and making bread from right. scratch and yeah. like literally all of the easy homemaker things totally mm-hmm. doing that and now i'm like i do birth i spend time with my kids and then any extra time i have i am out with friends having right. a good time. I spend as much time on my paddleboard on the river as mm-hmm. possible. I, that is my church for me. Like God meets me yeah. out in nature more than anything. Okay. I mean, I live in Arizona and we have the most. wanted mo- to visit there so badly. There's
0: something about oh, it. Oh girl,
1: if you ever come, you have got oh, to yes. come see me and we will hike and we will Scarf paddleboard. That. Yeah.
0: What's the most profound part of eight that lets you know? that's you as opposed to you know some of the other strong numbers
1: I am always the boss even when I don't want to be I'm always like taking charge I'm always punishing the bullies my mother tells me this story of when I was little like I'm in a walker and the Christmas tree is up and there's tinsel all over it And I wanted to pull the tinsel off of the tree so badly. And no matter how many times she smacked my hand, I was (laughs) like, I will pull the tinsel off of this tree. And it it was just like, I always did what I wanted to do no matter Mm -hmm. what, but always in a way I felt like that wasn't going to hurt other people because I do care about other people. It was just kind of like, but you can't make me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: right (laughs) were you overt or were you covert like did you do it quietly or loudly
1: oh no no I thought sissies did it quietly right no and I just kind of felt like you get what you get with me I am just gonna do it and it's worth the consequences and there you go
0: I am fascinated then where the four comes in because I find the four keeps me more quiet the four actually restrains my extroversion because I'm so busy feeling the feelings, aware of what other people are doing or thinking or whatever.
1: I had to get in touch with the four part of me because I hid it so much as a child. You know, I grew up in the, you know, after you were spanked or whatever, don't cry, don't show feeling, suck it up, put your big girl panties on. And so I feel like it was so numbed out and um, so seen as weakness that until I felt safe probably in the last five or six years actually since the enneagram did it feel safe to have feelings to Mm -hmm, allow mm -hmm. other people to have feelings and interesting enough my best friends are fours Mm -hmm. and the people i'm drawn to a lot are fours and i always i tell my four friends this and i'm like this and this is not meant to be um, and insult, or to make you feel bad at all but your life is so freaking messy and all over the place and you have all these feelings just hanging out everywhere that I feel safe that <laughs> no matter what feeling I share with you I cannot feel bad about this <laughs> so it's just such a safe place and on top of being a midwife and mom extraordinaire and all the things I'm in life coaching school because I really want to help women feel powerful and part of that is tapping into their feelings and allowing it to be safe and i have a monthly group my life coaching program is called virago sisterhood virago is actually a really really cool word and it means a strong brave warlike woman who demonstrates exemplary and heroic qualities I just like, I found that word and I'm like, I love this word because it's so me and it's so what I want to see out of other women. Even if they're, they do that in their own quiet way, it doesn't have to be like, this huge outward energy like me. It can be this gentle strength and warlike quality and heroicness. But at the beginning of my meetings every month, I tell them like, you get to come here exactly as you are. Come pissed off, come happy, come sad, come empty, because the whole point is to get your cup filled up. And the first thing we do after that. Is we look at the feeling wheel and we share like, what are we feeling? Because it's the key. It's vulnerability, as we know, like vulnerability is how we grow. Vulnerability is how we connect. And there's such a terrible sister wound between women and I want us to create safe spaces where we can feel like we can just be us that we can be pissed or we can we can be excited about something sometimes we like make that mild like when we're super excited because we might make another woman feel bad because her life sucks right now or you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. so feelings are they sometimes make me feel uncomfortable if they're too much like I have a four friend in Texas who is such an intuitive empath and every time she's around me she's like and she's like it's so funny I feel so much four energy off of you that sometimes I think you're a four until you start talking and you're like yeah no you're an eight
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because the feelings are a little ick a little (laughs) bit gross No, the way I've kind of described the four attached to an eight is, well, I know you're saying you have only recently felt your feelings. I always felt my feelings like a fire, like a burning wash of fire my whole life. All my feelings were very present, but then I'd think about them. Like I would just think about what I was feeling a lot. I didn't let it show. So externally, you wouldn't see them. My feelings would show up as hot or cold, but I never said a word so I'd show up in a room with the temperature associated to me and that's eight because we're going to keep it in like we're not going to let someone know we're feeling weak feelings like sad or whatever
1: yes Um, well that's how it was for me same thing yeah the only way that I grew up feelings that were acceptable were anger. And so it's funny, because I would, I have told certain people that I think I'm an empath, and they like laugh their heads off. Okay. And I'm like, it just comes off differently. Because when I'm feeling the feelings of somebody else feeling super sad, or broken, or mistreated, I don't get weepy about it. I get pissed and I want to burn down whoever caused mm-hmm. this problem. And I feel it, but the only acceptable outward emotion that I can feel is, where is a shovel? Because I'm going to bury whoever this is for you. And right. so it's, I do feel the feelings, but I don't know how to transform them into like what other people do. I just want to burn all the houses down. Mm. Like, yeah. are they just feelings that I have felt before? And that's like why it's coming out. Like, I can't, uh, what is the word, create justice for the feelings that I felt, but I can for this person. So yes. again, and that's is it, it coming back it out in that selfishness? Yeah. Yes. So yes. it's something
0: to consider because um, I think it's unlikely for us to be natural empaths just based on yeah. how four works. Yeah it still ends up being incredibly useful because it makes you incredibly compassionate. Because we have a full array of feeling and we have all the words for it and we're super familiar with them, it means that once we identify that the other person is feeling them, we can totally be there with them. But it's not physiologically like we are feeling their feelings. Like my husband is a nine and he literally, like in a room of people, if they're feeling an ache in their chest, he feels the ache in his chest physically. And that's empathy, I've learned. It's an actual physical manifestation of what the other person's feeling.
1: Interesting. I know. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> so yeah. if I'm hurt,
0: he feels, literally feels it in his body which is crazy it's not to me no
1: it's more like feeling the temperature of like yes. there ev- literally every person in the room can be happy except for one yep. and i immediately totally like, pick up on what they
0: we have that weird gauge but it is it's not the same thing as empathy it turns out empathy to me sounds torturous
1: yeah yeah no I know when I see my four friends I'm like there's only so much I can handle and I'm like okay you must go now I love you but you must go
0: no thanks that's why nine sleep all day that's why they sleep all day basically pure empathy so it feels like seven is higher than four maybe
1: yeah, for sure. Like I'm all about the fun and the adventure and traveling is so important. I like love going places and meeting new people and like I, last year was my kids first year in school after homeschooling for 23 years and this year they're going to go to public school because mom cannot handle the pickup (laughs) and drop off anymore. Again, I have learned so many limitations (laughs) as an aide has been like, no, I can do all the things. No, I cannot. And so they are all in tears over it. And I cannot relate at all because whenever I, I went to five different elementary schools and I was so freaking excited to go to a new school because I was going to meet new people and new friends (laughs) and there'd be a new house and a new neighborhood neighborhood that I just tell them like it's okay to be sad like yeah. I say all the like the right things and how I would want to like yes. But I don't feel any of it at all for them. I'm like, I'm sorry you're sad. But mm-hmm. I'm like, do you not know the opportunities? <laughs> yes. The amazing people you can yes. meet? And like trying new things. I love trying new things. And yes. Yeah, oh, the seven yeah. is so... And it's been my healing thing for... Mm-hmm. Like, I finally feel me again. Like, I had to yeah. become somebody else for, you know, over two decades mm-hmm. in order to survive. And now... Uh, like with my uh, my life coaching school, we're in the inner child module, and we had to do a visualization of like, what it was like to be that like seven year old girl and what we were doing and what you were feeling. And I feel the closest to that now than I ever have, and it's just mm-hmm. been amazing mm-hmm. to get back to who she is and to know like she's not too much and she doesn't need to shut up and be quiet and it is okay to have fun and it is okay to just be and do the crazy thing that everybody thinks is crazy.
0: There's like a few things that really stand out with this tri type, and they would directly have been rubbed against in your marriage because we're actually built to be nonconformists and we're the most in need of freedom.
1: Yes. Um, so that would I- have been brutal. It was would- brutal. And I, again, I had to do a lot of disassociation. I had, I've learned through therapy that I actually have been um, diagnosed with CPTSD. Complex PTSD oh. is just a lifetime. Oh of PTSD type of things, traumatic experiences over your Uh life. And so I went from, you know, feeling trapped, you know, when you're a kid, your parents are your parents, you can't get away from that. You're trapped in it. And then I went from this abusive, you know, family life to this abusive, you know, marriage that everyone thought you know from the outside everyone's looking at me because i'm the extroverted one i'm the nobody's assuming that i'm being abused because how in the world who would abuse you like you Mm -hmm. would never put up with that But I was trapped in this religious construct of, don't get divorced. I had to figure out other ways of being in control. Like I controlled, we are going to homeschool this way and no, this is what we're going to do with the money. And in ways that because he's a nine, As he had certain things that he was just going to drag his feet about and be whatever, and I just went about doing what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. and so that's how I survived that. Of there was because he was a nine, I could get by with so much, Mm -hmm. but he was going to make my life hell about it, over it, or just drag his feet. I always describe my marriage as dragging around the rock of gibraltar on your back while trying to do all of the things he just made everything more difficult his personality Mm -hmm. is basically eeyore so it's like we're going on vacation but we get to bring wet blanket along with us Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know so it was just like constant failure it really felt like constant failure
0: that would be so tremendously difficult for all of your forward momentum energy
1: Oh, yes. Oh Yes. And that was the way he did control me. Like he knew, he knew that that was the killer for me. He didn't never have to raise a hand to me. He just knew that by him literally dragging his feet mm-hmm. and slowing me bit down and never being a part of my dreams, goals, visions, you know, mm-hmm. forward momentum that he had me. Oh, yeah. I feel like I reinvent myself every five years. Because <laughs> it's more fun. Become, <laughs> yes, it's more fun. I get to control it now. I can change it. So I was constantly creating new, like, schedules for the family I drove my family nuts because they were just like can we pick one thing and do it because we we're just so done <laughs> and I'm like no we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and um, I love art I have always been like drawing and doodling and my oldest son and I used to zentangle I don't know if you know what that is but <laughs> no, zentangling so oh you should totally look it up because it's it's so soothing but like so yeah artsy and creative. I've always been a journaler, just always doing something new. Uh, Even with midwifery, there's a program called Birthing from Within, and it's using art to process traumas through birth because Mm -hmm. one out of four women um, describe their births as traumatic. And so it's really important. And then as we know, Hmm. like the amount of sexual trauma that women experience. It's like one out of two to one out of four women have been sexually assaulted by the time they're 18. And that comes out in birth too. So just finding ways to work through trauma, through art, through um, drawing, through holding space, through storytelling and things like that, through that. So uh, different forms of art have been important in my life.
0: Do you find that you have a personal aesthetic?
1: Oh, for sure! I am such a like Mediterranean boho <laughs> eclectic person. The color is so. I don't. Have you heard of dressing your truth? No. Oh my gosh! So Carol Tuttle has this program called Dressing Your Truth that also changed my life a whole lot. So there's four different types, and Type Threes, which is what type I am, is you're more like oh, Word flowing, rugged, um, jewel tone person, and a lot of people think it's BS. But I started dressing my truth according to like the colors, shapes, patterns, even gold or um, metal colors that you wear and whatnot, because I was trying to, like I said, I was trying to Michelle Duggar myself to <laughs> death, and so I, I dressed very muddled. I dressed, you know, very calm, and it is not me. It's like this wild, bright, animal print, which felt like, oh my gosh, there's no way. The moment I switched over to dressing, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone everywhere was like, what happened to you? I love.
0: We exude confidence and like the inside matches the outside to a large extent when we're healthy. Anyway, someone else couldn't wear that same thing because it would be fake or something, but yeah, we wear- it can be wild whole- and weird, but. It worked.
1: <laughs> yes. And that's the whole premise of Carol Tuttle's thing is yeah. like, you're telling people who you are before they even meet you. And it's a beautiful thing.
0: I'm always digging for depth. I don't know if you relate to that.
1: Definitely. For sure. I, I hate small talk. I think I overwhelm people sometimes with oversharing and not in a like, this has got to be about me. It's about finding connection with people yeah. in a way that actually matters because I don't really care about the weather unless we're going paddleboarding. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, can we talk about your trauma? Can we like go to the depths of all the things? Again, some of that is the fore part of me of like, let's just and it has to be authentic. It can't be fake. Like I just the conversation ends pretty quickly. If I can tell they're just being surface with me, because then I just immediately I'm like, you're not my people.
0: I think your social eight must do something a little different with all of that. I feel usually on the outside always. And I don't feel deep connection unless it's just with one person. But because you're social, it means you get the group and you feel pretty comfortable if the group is your group anyway. So do you not relate to the loner part of this tri-type that feels a little off and outside?
1: I'll be in the middle of something. I'm literally getting all of the attention and I feel like I don't fit in with any of you. Mm-hmm. I don't belong here. I'm mm-hmm. so different. And I've felt that way my whole entire life, no matter how many friends I have, no matter how many deep friend, what I would consider other people would consider deep friendships. So like Mm -hmm. You have so many deep friendships. And my biggest complaint is I feel so alone. Nobody gets me. And honestly, your podcast literally made me feel for the first time like I'm not alone. There are people out here who are Mm -hmm. like me. And I'm just honestly, that's my biggest complaint. Because I think one of the questions was like, what is the best thing about being an aide or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or what's the worst thing? And I'm like being my my two answers were being misunderstood and Mm -hmm. alone, like feeling Mm -hmm. misunderstood. I hate that. And then the second thing was being an eight is pretty awesome. Like, I don't know. Like, I (laughs) I don't, I hate feeling misunderstood. And I hate feeling like I never truly belong in the group, but I wouldn't trade it because the best number is the eight. I can't (laughs) not say that, you know?
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, I can't decide like what brings more of the alone feeling, the eight or the four, but all I know is when they're together, it's just so always there you know it just is it's just a reality and we can handle it that we find a way even with your social that is definitely still there
1: yeah when i was listening to the episode on thomas i love at the beginning he's like I trip over my words um, and I think it's because my brain moves on before the words come out. Like I so identify with that because there's so much going on in my brain and I'm moving forward so quickly that I'm like, Oh, what, what was the word? I don't know. What was I saying? Because, and, it, and I was <laughs> like, I really am smarter than this. It's just that my <laughs> brain is moving so quickly.
0: But you know what it is? Um, we are the most passionate tri-type it's passion is the word passion passion so it's like we're (sighs) feeling we're basically being swept along by the passion so that gets in the way of the words because we're trying to like express it but how do you express that much passion
1: yes totally and then he said that his divorce brought out a lot of his foreness and i i definitely identified with that It was like safe again to like feel feelings and not to Mm -hmm. numb them out with that nine. I definitely have FOMO. Couldn't take naps even as a kid because I was like, oh no, there's first of all, like eightness, there's something to do. We've got to do it. And then seven, like, oh my God, what if something happens? What if a friend calls? And then romanticizing relationships and having idealism, like, you know, I'm divorced now and I've dated some and... I'm just kind of like I am so idealistic yeah. and romantic like I don't know that I'll ever get married again because first of all I'm in control could we like get married and you have your own house and I live here because I don't <laughs> yes. want you telling me what to do yeah. and we can just like visit now and again and then I can pretend like everything's good because you don't actually live here leaving your crap everywhere and I have to get <laughs> pissed at you. <laughs> yeah. But I want to be with somebody because I get
0: lonely. And you are passionate. And yes, you yes. lo- like, want deep connection. That's a <laughs> conundrum. Totally. What would you say to all of our eights?
1: I guess I would say find a safe for a friend to let all <laughs> of your feelings out because they're way bigger of a mess than you. So it's safe. <laughs> Um, and vulnerability isn't oversharing. I think it was Chris Chris Hirots who said this, who he's like, yeah, eights are like, no, I'm vulnerable because I share all the stuff that has happened to me, but he's like, no, that's oversharing we're, that's not vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but it's sharing the things that make you feel naked and share them anyways, because it's our superpower. And I know that. For the people around me, whenever I am vulnerable, it hits them to their core because they're like, I just thought you were so freaking awesome and I was a complete and utter disaster. So when you share your struggles, it makes me feel like there's hope for me.
0: Yeah, it makes me feel safer. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. Three words to describe you
1: badass, deep, fun.
0: Do you have any tattoos now that
1: you're free? Actually, got my first one as my divorce tattoo. (laughs) And it. it is a phoenix rising from the ashes with the verse Mm -hmm. Malachi 7-8 that also talks about rising from the ashes. Then I got one on my right shoulder that is a woman with butterfly wings. One of the wings is turning into tiny butterflies that are actually colorful. That's talk about the verse in Ecclesiastes. There's a time and season for everything under heaven. And then of course, I have a VW van on my thigh with palm trees and a paddleboard that underneath says Carpe Diem 365.
0: How would you describe your happy place?
1: On a paddleboard, down a river, on a beautiful day, anything next to water, actually. Anything.
0: Do you relate to any particular fiction character?
1: Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, you're not the first to say that.
1: <laughs> Wonder Woman or Mary Poppins, and actually, without any prompting, those are the two people most people call me.
0: What is is your drink of choice in the morning
1: I'm a big water drinker I love healthy things but if it's not water I love black rock cafes um, energy drink pixie stick fuel and then how about in the evening a long island iced tea or some kind of yummy bourbon
0: describe your colors
1: purple emerald greens
0: What is your spirit animal?
1: This is a hard question because I don't really like animals, which I know most people do. (laughs) So probably actually when I'm on the river, um, I paddle the Salt River here. There are wild horses up and down the river that you get to see every time. And they're in big groves. And I guess I would be one of those wild horses. Nobody tells them what to do. They're majestic. They're just there enjoying life.